Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds, owner of Mint Mobile, with a message for everyone paying big wireless way too much. Please, for the love of everything good in this world, stop. With Mint, you can get premium wireless for just $15 a month. Of course, if you enjoy overpaying, no judgments, but that's weird. Okay, one judgment. Anyway, give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow-detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at hm.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. Not only have I been the owner of Mint Mobile for the last few years, I've also been a customer. I don't know if you knew this, but anyone can get the same premium wireless for $15 a month plan that I've been enjoying. It's not just for celebrities, so do like I did and have one of your assistant's assistants switch you to Mint Mobile today. I'm told it's super easy to do at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little... Or a lot? Do your thing however you cha-ching with Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash offer 23. Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow-detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at hm.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot? Do your thing however you cha-ching with Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash offer 23. So I think it's just really appreciating and understanding where your partner is at mm -hmm. whatever moment is and supporting that, even if it's a bad thing. Yeah. You know, if you're, you're not feeling well, you know, you've got to be supportive of that person just as the same as if they're doing well. Yeah. girl imagine a life where you feel supported connected and understood i get it being a mom is hard especially when you're spinning so many plates we exhaust ourselves trying to create the perfect life for our family you deserve to enjoy your family without the stress perfectionism brings 
On this podcast, I provide practical and relatable life experiences. I teach women quick and easy-to-use strategies to help them reclaim their identity, reignite their marriage, and enjoy their children. If you're ready to be challenged, then pull up a chair, grab pen and paper, because it's about to go down. I'm Veronica Cisneros, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and this is the Empowered and Unapologetic Podcast. Hey ladies, welcome to Empowered and Unapologetic. I'm your host, Veronica Cisneros. And today I'm super excited because I have I have friends on here who are also who are also people that I've coached. And I'm super excited because I have no idea where we're going to go in this interview. I don't have questions. It's just going to be a conversation. I could already see Nate sweating. So let's just go. So Nate and Alejandra, please introduce yourselves. We are the Urbanovskis. We've been married for hmm, seven years, seven years and together for 10. Um, We have three kids, 22, 10 and six. All boys. Nice, nice. So the reason why I wanted you guys to come on is right now there's a huge struggle with couples. It seems like with the pandemic, not only have we had to struggle with that alone and trying to build our families and trying to come up with what is best for our family, but one thing I've noticed is couples couples are really, really struggling with communication, with connection. And with just having conversations and it's really difficult so much so that now I'm finding them more and more in couples therapy and you have one of them that has one foot in and the other one that has one foot out. And Alejandra, her and I are high school friends and um, I started Empowered and Unapologetic about two years ago and we, we hadn't talked for a while and she ended up joining the group. She ended up attending my retreat and then the VIP group and the results were crazy. Um, just seeing how fast she was able to pick things up and really, truly implement the skills. And I watched not only her grow, but also the relationship between her and her husband. It's, I'm not saying that it was bad in the beginning because it wasn't, but it just seemed like it connected you guys on a different level. You know, you guys were already good. But it just seems like the conversations, the communication, the way you guys were with each other and the way you loved Alejandra, that's the biggest thing is you being able to be vulnerable and open and connected. So just kind of watching that grow. And I want to be able to help as many couples as possible. And so hence the reason why I wanted to make sure I brought you guys on. Right. After being in the group um, and him encouraging me to grow. Yeah, um, he's been kind of my biggest advocate for the group. <laughs> yeah, his friends um, or coworkers, you know, my wife is a part of this group. You know, I think it's really great for women. You know, it helps them to grow to find themselves. You know, um, and he's just been a major supporter of yeah. uh, of the group. You know, he um, he has a loving uh, little name for it. <laughs> <laughs> But he's like, yeah, you know, everybody should be in this group. It's really good. So, um, you know, everything that we go through in the group, you know, I kind of talk it over with him and ask him, you know, like, oh, you know, like, what's, where do you see yourself in five years? And we sit down and we do the exercises and stuff like that. 
we haven't really done um too many of the couples ones because he's been traveling a lot mm-hmm. so those are you know those are other things that um you know we have been experienced with with him traveling and you know um this month on the couples questions you know some of it was like you know um what's your role as a wife mm-hmm. um you know sometimes I wear both hats yeah because he's gone and so I have to do um do everything around the house and arrange for everything and you know that's the way I was before so it was really hard for me um coming into this relationship from that toxic one previously you know he's like well you know it this relationship is a lot different you know he's you know if I was out you know too long oh I'm so sorry you know the you know the way that I acted at the beginning still comes Mm -hmm. in every once in a while um but I would get into like a panic mode you know and he's like I'm not you know, okay, so you're late, okay, you know, so it was, like, really hard to uh, transition um, out of that kind of, like, a fear or anxiety state to, like, kind of relax, you know, and, oh, okay, this isn't that type of relationship, yeah, so um, coming from that type of relationship and being in this healthier one um, was a transition, and then learning how to argue where I'm not, like, you know, um, in combat mode, you know, yeah. his arguing is more of a relaxed, you know, discussion mode. You know, is does he have anger? Yeah, you know, but he's not like, ah, you know, like stomping around and, you know, yeah. anything like that. You know, we're both in a heightened sense of, of uh, emotion. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the discussion is a little different than when we're discussing something else. Um, but we're not in that mode where we used to be in the different relationships where things were just crazy and chaotic. Yeah. So how would you both define marriage? And I just, wherever you guys go, totally putting you guys on the spot. I know. <laughs> um, partnership for me. Um, that's what the marriage is, is a partnership, you know, um, kind of bounce ideas off the other person you know where we are in life um where do we plan on going um not just doing whatever I want to do considering Mm -hmm. the other person's um feelings and goals I think marriage to define it definitely isn't just two people who love each other and want to be together yeah but people who are supportive of each other's goals and always looking at that, mm-hmm. at looking at, at their goals, not just yours. And uh, of course, you can't always do that. But uh, I, um, we definitely have that discussion enough, right? And that's the same thing going with our kids is that you want people around you that are supportive of you, yeah, that want to push you in the right direction. And that's what we want to do as a marriage. And then compounding on that, right? Adding to that, I mean, it's going to be parents, right? That's what we want to get into our kids is that you really just want people around you who are supportive. Yeah, absolutely. So what would, if if you guys can share your story, what's your story? And, and for most couples, it's, you know, we got together, fell in love, and then we just kind of allowed time to pass and issues would come up and, you know, we relied on time to patch things up. 
what would what was your guys's story? How did you guys get together? Um, how'd you guys meet? More like take me through, take me through your guys's story. Um, he was well, is my cousin's best friend, but I think I've stolen him away. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, he was in my life since I was like sixteen years old. Okay. Um, he was like the annoying older brother, um, hanging around all the time. And then we've seen each other through the, our previous re- relationships. I've, um, I, I've known his ex-wife, uh, his ex-girlfriends. Uh, he's known my ex-husband. He's known my ex-boyfriends. Um, so we kind of have, you know, been together as friends for a really long time, um, and then when our relationships were ending, um, or over, I should say, um, we were just kind of in a similar boat, just kind of like, oh my goodness, you know, like our life is completely just at ground zero, you know, we're just, um, have to start all over again. Um, so similar paths were there. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we decided to get together. And, um, he moved down here. Uh, he was up in LA area. And so this is where he was from. So, uh, where I met him anyways, uh, he was actually from San Diego, deeper down. But, yeah. um, and then, so we got together and, um, you know, just kind of built from there. Um, we've had, um, really, really amazing years <laughs> just where we were just, kind of just existing, I guess, mm-hmm. kind of just not doing anything, no motion. Um, and then, well, we had, we were going through my divorce at that time. So there wasn't really anything that was like active and, you know, just us as a family. Yeah. Um, and then um, we started, he started to like, you know, grow in his, in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of pushed me. I, you know, I was just, you know, I was happy. I was comfortable, you know, and then he started pushing me like, Hey, you should do this. You should set these goals for the company. You should do this. And it got me reinvigorated because I had been there for 21 years now. Um, so it was just kind of like old hat, you know, I'm cruising along, you know, yeah. just keeping the place going. And it get, got me in an ambitious state again. Cause I think I was just kind of like, you know, you know, personal life was going down. Um, professional life was just there. Um, so he and I pushed each other to just, you know, um, further his career. So he started doing like training videos, um, for his company and just really launching himself at that point. Yeah. And, uh, it helped to reignite me. Yeah. Most women feel as if, as long as they wait for their husband to go ahead and start to create change things will automatically change versus taking it upon themselves to really start the process, not necessarily for the marriage, but for themselves. And the benefit is, you know, you feeling more connected, more open and um, more authentic in your marriage. How, how was it for you when you started working on yourself and really, truly, you know, identifying who you were outside of being a mom, outside of being a wife, what was it about that process that really enhanced your marriage? I think it took us different places. Um, you know, he was hiking on his own. 
he was doing things on his own, you know, like finding, oh, what's my next hobby, you know? And I'm just kind of like, you know, I'm taking care of the kids. I'm, you know, taking care of them now, really. Um, Mm -hmm. And when I joined the group, I sent, I set goals for myself and it really ended up being goals for my family, you know, ignoring vacations for the longest time. He was the one that, you know, said, we're going on this vacation. We're going on this cruise. My mom is taking us. And I'm like a week off. No, I can't do that. You know, I can take a couple of days, but no, no, you're taking the week. And I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that was my first step into vacations. And then, you know, my goal was four vacations per year even if it's just local. Um, we did Big Bear, we did Palm Springs, we did, you know, all Julian, you know, we're, we're starting to, even during these COVID times where we thought we were just trapped, you know, we've just figured out ways to still travel and do things and still be kind of on our own program, not, mm-hmm. not with crowds and things like this. So that to me um, was how it just kind of rippled. It, it you know, my, my goals for me just kind of spread to the rest of the family. I think it made for a happier family for sure. Yeah. Nate, for, for most men, they tend to go ahead and I don't want to say it's this level of intimidation, but they start to see change in their wife. They start to see some form of growth and they don't necessarily know what to do with it, especially when a wife says, Hey, you know what? I want to work on my marriage. Oftentimes the, you know, what I've seen is the man will say, well, nothing's really wrong. I mean, are we going to get a divorce? Like it's not that bad. Why do we need to work on the marriage for you? Why was it important that you were there to support your wife instead of try to prevent her from working on it? Um, I don't think that was really uh, a question for me. Yeah, I, I do kind of understand the question, but for me personally, it, it really isn't uh, an option, right? We're we're together, we're one, and the better she is, the better we're going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I do understand that potential fear Yeah, that if she betters herself, that maybe she wouldn't want to be with me, but I don't have control over that. And it would yeah. seem like if I was trying to stifle her progress Mm -hmm. that would be doing nothing but me controlling her and that's not going to be beneficial for either one of us not fun for me and not beneficial for her but what i'm looking for is the better she is the better we are yeah and it just kind of cycles from her to me from me to her and we've definitely seen that and in the past in the past years we've seen where there's times where I'm more productive in trying to better myself. And and then she sees that and wants to kind of get in that groove and then vice versa, where she's doing better. And maybe I'm kind of in a, a slump and not trying to better myself in whichever way, right? That could be yeah. anything from weight loss to career to eating, you know, eating better to yeah. whatever it is, all, all okay. those things. You know, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned for you, you automatically knew that if, Alejandra worked on herself, then it's going to benefit the marriage. What would you say to the men, to the husbands that are listening right now? What would you say to them? You know, why is it important that women start this process? 
Why is it important? Here's, here's an even better question. Why is it important women reclaim their identity to reignite their marriage? It, uh, that's a lot of pressure first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I really think we can just sit on that idea of uh, a better woman is a better family. Right? I think I was raised with that idea that that women are powerful, that women can help this world, right? Mm-hmm. That can can help our family unit to begin with, right? The mom is always the boss, right? Mom is the boss is the phrase we use around here, right? Kind of silly. <laughs> but the better the better mama is, right? The better she is for for us as a unit. And I just don't have a fear at all of her being successful without me. The the idea here is strictly we are successful together mm-hmm. and that's that's our overall goal and whatever it takes for her to get that way to get to that point that's um seeking outside help um if that's seeking help from me um if that's just something as simple as a hobby or exercising or whatever the case may be it just seems pretty straightforward that the better each of us are the better we're going to be together and the only, I think, additional piece of that is if I lived in fear of her being better for herself and then wanting to not do that without me, there's no way I could control that at all. If she's yeah. going to go somewhere else in her life, be elsewhere in her life, and that doesn't include me, there's nothing I can do that can stop her. So my goal is to have the expectation that we're going to be together mm-hmm. forever, right? That's the plan and stick with making that a successful plan. Yeah. What are some hurdles you find with men? Like just kind of, you know, with your friendships and watching, you know, other couples, because right now we're at the age where pretty much everybody's married, you know, as a couple, what are you starting to notice with regards to like their relationships and how maybe a man pulls back? Um. You know, I think uh, that's tough for me because the male friends that I have are good in their relationships. They they seek to better their family, seek mm-hmm. to better their wife, um, and really try to work to help them. Yeah, I I definitely have some some maybe work friendships that I've seen <laughs> some struggles there. Yeah, and it's. Our conversations are always at that point. If you know that it's not good and you can't be successful there, then strictly better yourself. Yeah. Whatever it's going to take to do that now, let's start heading that direction. And it's really that's where where the goal is. I've always kind of had this silly mantra of you only get one chance in life and you need to do it where you're happy. Yeah. If you're happy in that marriage, then continue to make that happy. And if it's not, then and it's not going to get better than you need to head to the place that it, you need to be. Absolutely. Nate is very uh, real. Yeah. <laughs> I was saying, you know, um, you know, his boundaries are very real. So that's why, you know, we keep those around us in our close circle that, that adopt the same kind of mindsets. As yeah. we do. So, you know, the, the jealous husband, the jealous wife, those don't really exist in our inner circle. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody that uh, we're friends with, they're, they're supportive of their significant other and their goals and 
um, you know, and, you know, because of our age, of course, you know, everybody's gone through their, you know, their university and gotten their degrees and, you know, whatever it is that they're, um, you know, they were working towards in their life. Um, Nate and I, we did not um, get degrees or anything like this. We just kind of, um, you know, used life experience to get where we are. Yeah. Our thing. So, you know, we, you know, and our kids, we, we kind of support the same thing. Hey, if uh, university isn't for you, that's okay. But what are you going to do? Yeah. So, you know, we, we are a very goal-driven family. Um, what are you doing uh, in terms of taking steps towards your goal? What do you okay. need in terms of achieving that goal? Do we need to put pen to paper? Do we, you know, I've yeah. spoken about this, you know, and the group, you know, about uh, Jonah's goals and where he's going and what he needs to achieve and also trying to pull back myself as a, uh, you know, a mom that just does everything for him, you know, and pulling away from that role for me has, you know, is a transition and yeah. that transition, you know, trying to be supportive of him without doing it for him um, because I want him to learn how to do these things on his own. And I understand it's hard. Um, I've been there, but, you know, if you can figure out, you know, how to do, um, you know, whatever thing that he wants to do, he can figure out how to do this too. Yeah. So we're trying to, you know, kind of, uh, coach him without telling him, Hey, go yeah. do this, you know, Hey, go do that. So that's, you know, part of our, our, our marriage is parenting these kids and um parenting a 22 year old mm -hmm. quite different than parenting uh you know the 10 and 6 year old so um and this is new to both of us you know yeah the first and uh we get to learn with him and you know i've shared that with jonah also yeah how did you guys come together so that maybe you guys aren't parenting the same but you respect each other's parenting styles uh i think we're good cop bad cop Sometimes, he, sure. He, his first approach is always the most calm. And for me, I've gone through 12 hours of arguing with the kids already. Mm -hmm. So by the time he gets home, I'm not the most patient mom anymore. Um, I have to deal with the, you know, the waking up of the kids, the, uh, you know, the dressing the kids, the feeding the kids, you know, that, part, you know, the rushing to class, you know, that. So I'm the frantic one in the morning, um, you know, trying to approach each day as a new day, you know, okay, you know, the kids had a hard day yesterday, let's try to make it better. What can we do? How can I react differently um, to the kids? So, um, so Nate gets a fresh slate when he gets home <laughs> or when I get home with the kids and, you know, Zeke is acting crazy and I'm like, oh, stop, you know, I'm already annoyed. I'm already at my test. Yeah. Um, he comes in and, and now Zeke, you know, <laughs> is that what we need to be doing? You know, and I'm like, I just walk away, you know, and I let him <laughs> handle it. I just, you know, because he, he needs to dad too. So he yeah. takes over. He's the one with the more patient. So, and then when it gets to the point to where, he needs to raise his voice. He does. Yeah. You know, and the kids are like little soldiers, you know, and they pay <laughs> attention to dad because dad never gets to that, you know? Yeah. To me, it's probably just wallpaper, you know, they've seen it every day. So mom's yeah. yelling again. <laughs> yeah. Um, with regards to your guys' relationship, when was there a struggle and how did you guys come out of that struggle together? 
we can say recently um, we've had a struggle. Um, we've had some issues. Traveling for work has been one of those things that is stressful to us because she's at home trying to manage a business, trying to manage a house, trying to manage a family. And I'm just off running around, sitting in a hotel room somewhere. And um, it's not as fun as it sounds. I can just kind of run away from the the, the wife, the kids, the house, the yeah. dogs and all that. But on the surface, it sounds kind of like, oh, I just, I can sleep when I want to. And you know, you kind of have these, these instant, uh, almost like parental luxuries. And it's not because I'm thinking about what can I do or what should I be doing at home? It could be something as simple as uh, doing yard work or cleaning up the garage. And, and then the real things of helping with the kids and the dogs, whatever, whatever it is, right. The, the basic life things that I feel like I'm missing out on, I'm not getting to, to help with, to, to focus on. And it really is um, almost put me into a, a depression. I've had kind of a rough time for the last couple of months and yeah. that's hurt us. It really has. Cause I haven't been able to communicate properly with Alex to be able to say, this is what my issue is. And I, I don't know what that is, what, why that's something that we're kind of dealing with right now. It's new and fresh to us. Um, and we're, we're definitely, we've had different conversations than we normally do. And it's definitely made it tough for us. And we, we've done so well before we don't argue, we don't fight. Uh, we, we if you can go back in our 10 years total, we've probably had less than a handful of real you know, arguments or solid, you know, fights as you want to label them. But, um, uh, it's different now with, uh, with traveling so much for work that not being able to be here, it's added stress on her. And then I have my own, my own internal stress that I don't know if I'm creating or whatever that, whatever that deal is, but it's not making it easy for us. So we're trying to work through that now and do that without just sliding it to the side and, saying today's a good day we'll just stay with today but really trying to have a conversation about the real part of it and um, we we've definitely sat and talked about what it is what the concerns are with this current problem yeah what would you say are the things that you keep in um everything um, well yeah well yeah that's what i'm trying to get at too i'm trying to be mindful of how i ask this question as well you mentioned feeling, you know, you're away and it's not as if you get to sleep when you want and hang out and you don't have the kids. What would you say is the hardest part about being away? Mm, it's boredom, I think, is, is part of it. There's a lot of, and, and you know, it's uh, uh, it, it's sort of silly sounding, but sometimes Alex and I in the evening are just kind of laying in bed watching whatever junk TV and we're both on our phones or our computers or whatever we're doing nothing, but we're doing nothing together. Yeah. And um, I definitely feel I would rather be doing nothing together than doing nothing alone. It's a weird, I think the word people, most people would use is like, I'm missing her or yeah. missing, missing the family. Sometimes it's missing the chaos. Yeah. But there's definitely something missing when I'm out there alone. And sometimes it's just stress over trying to figure out what to eat. 
I'm kind of picky in my diet and what I eat and it, and I just get frustrated and then just don't eat dinner that night, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's simple things like that. You just don't have the comforts in a hotel room that you do at home. It's not your same bed. It's not your same bathroom. It's not your same anything. And it's, it's just not fun at all. And I, you know, it's, and it's for work, which doesn't help at all either. Yeah. It's not, it's not going away on vacation. It's really going away because work is telling me I need to or have to. And that just really wears on me, especially when it's week after week after week. And I, I can come home on Friday late night, have Saturday to wash all my work clothes and get everything back together. Then Sunday midday, I'm out again, heading to wherever I'm going, whether it's flying out or driving out. And it it, it gets old real fast. And then- yep. We have a good family support unit. We have a good plan. We've done this enough that it's not a big deal to do. Right? We have a plan. Everything's kind of in order. Everything's working fine. But as soon as something else comes up, you got an added, something goes wrong at the house, needs to be fixed. Or uh, it, we there's a condo, right? We, we've, we were dealing with renters that they need help with something. It could be something simple, but you, we have a plan and everything's kind of going smoothly, but as soon as something adds in different, something breaks, something this gets added in there, the stress gets heightened for, for both of us. And I'm not home to take care of something simple that I could have done in 30 minutes. And she's trying to find you know, somebody to come into the house to, to fix that for us. Yeah. It's, it definitely is. Uh, I've said something as simple as like, you know, I'm, I'm lazy at the hotel room and I'd rather be, you know, if I, I'd rather be able to be lazy or choose not to be at home, choose to be lazy or choose to be doing whatever I'm doing, but I have that option to do it at home. How does that impact your marriage? Uh, lately, especially just, it's added stress for sure. Yeah. It's added some level of, um, there's been pain and hurt a couple of times. And I think that's because I haven't been able to communicate my, my stresses. Um, we've, we've almost kind of, you know, without professional help, we've almost labeled it as like a depression for me. Um, again, not trying to really label it and no, bring no, it down, no. boil it down to that, but it's kind of in that neighborhood. Right? I'm, I don't have the ability to, or haven't had the ability to make myself happy, to be positive, to, to help us it really has just been kind of uncertain i feel is yeah. what he's he is right now you know um you know what what do i do do i uh advance in my job do i ask for a location change do i ask for a title change like you know like what what do i do i really enjoy my my job he does enjoy training that's yeah you know his passion he's really good at it um you know is is this what i need to do to change you know the direction that i'm going what you know so i think it's really just examining those those things in his life and figuring out where he needs to go from here so right now he's just in that lost uh phase of yeah. you know what's next for me and I can definitely understand that because, you know, I, I, I've been through these transitions where I flounder. Yeah. When we're people that are very, very certain of ourselves, you know, we, um, we know what we want out of life. We know, you know, 
where we're going at, you know, at any point in time. And then when we hit these things where we're like in these uncharted waters, yeah. you know, we're like, oh, you know, like, what do I do next? You know, yeah. we're not the type of people that don't know what we have to do next. We're very certain in, in what the next step is. Yeah. And we're usually very confident in, in our decisions um, to move forward. And so I think with, with uncertainty in our lives, it kind of just like stunts whatever's happening. You know, it's like, okay, well, we could be having all these joyful moments, but something is not right with me. Yeah. The moment is there, but it's not as exciting. Yeah. So a good amount of couples get to this place where they realize something's going on and they'll both handle it in their own ways you know, and they'll both kind of suffer silently. Right. And there's, I love that you guys keep on using the word uncertainty because yeah, your relationship hasn't been in this mode where you don't have the answers or you don't know you're, you're in this place where it's like, okay, wait a minute, how do we address this? How do we come together to address this? And I appreciate the fact that Nate, you're so willing to go ahead and even say this out loud. Because what I find most men do is they'll keep it to themselves and then they'll come home and then they'll be irritated and frustrated. And, you know, the wife is like, well, wait a minute, you've been gone this whole time. I get to spend like two days with you or three days or a week with you until you leave again, you know, for, um, for work. Why can't we just enjoy this time? Right. And that, that might be happening here as well. One thing that really, really helps couples that I've seen work is. Although this is hard, although this is difficult, being able to be open and honest about it. Alex, with you doing the work on yourself and the work that you and I have done together, you know, you're able to be in a place where you're not necessarily taking this on as yours. And that's where a lot of wives go. They'll automatically take it on. Their husband's is hurt. Their husband is hurting. Their husband is um, struggling. So we need to take it on. And now it's our struggle. And now it's my pain. But what ends up happening with that is the couple ends up drowning together. Right? During this time, I have um, responded accordingly. I've also responded badly. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, I, I realize and recognize when he's going through these issues, you know, and I just, I just take a deep breath and I walk away, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, he's just frustrated with something else. It's not me. I'm not taking it personally. And then, you know, at some point I did break, you know, and I told him, I'm like, you know, I, I, I recognize that you're going through this stuff, but I cannot just be a punching bag yeah so i'm appreciating where you're at i'm supporting where you're at but you know i can't take this on yeah like i this is how i feel today yeah and so i want you to acknowledge that this is the way i'm feeling right now yep and we can move on from here you know and we had it out and we got back to normal (laughs) yeah you know but i i needed that like oh you know like a release i guess you know the pressure valve release was like you know like I can't take it today, yeah. you know, and I don't, I don't know necessarily what the trigger is or, you know, maybe it was just too many, you know, piling on, you know, and I'm like, I'm not releasing that, you know, because I, I don't want to pile more on him. No. You know, he's already feeling bad and that's not fair for me to do because if I was in his position, I wouldn't want him to pile on to me. Yeah. So I think it's just really appreciating and understanding where your partner is at mm-hmm. whatever 
moment is and supporting that, even if it's a bad thing. Yeah. You know, if you're you're not feeling well, you know, you've got to be supportive of that person just as the same as if they're doing well. Yeah. So she had a big moment uh, that we kind of needed where she said, like she said, I'm not a punching bag. And um, it was it was a conversation starter for us where she just said, listen, this is not OK. This is not what we need to be doing. And we were able to sit down and I was able to kind of open up and tell her what I was feeling. Mm -hmm. For me, it was very simple. Like, I don't feel like I'm me right now. This isn't normal me. Yeah. And she was able to understand where I was at, but still saying the same thing. Like, okay, well, we still uh, can't be where we're at. We need to be headed in the right direction. We're not headed in the right direction right now. We're headed in a bad direction. So. And this wasn't the first time that we talked about it. So this was, yeah. this was a shock, you know, like, so he had brought this to my attention, you know, a few weeks back. And so um, kind of like the, you know, the boiling point was just a, a, a bring it back to the surface type of thing. Yeah, It's still here, you know, it's not gone, you know, and this is where we're at. So it's just kind of like, you know, you do do that, you know, like you get the happy moments in between. And it's not us that's suffering. It's not us. It's him just for now, yeah. you know, and yes, just it does it. spill over, you know, onto us. Um, but I think that's important to not forget that there is somebody that is struggling in the relationship. Yeah. Nate, you mentioned something really key. You know, it's it's sort of like missing that monotony, even if it's, you know, the, from home. Like, I know there's chaos. I know you know, it's, there's an ongoing routine at home, but I don't get to be a part of that routine. And here I am, you know, in my hotel room. And although I do enjoy my work, it's, I'm working, but I'm away from my family. Now, this has happened a couple of times and it, it's been stressful. And we've had a conversation, Alex, says, well, usually it's a kind of a cycle for me. Yeah. So specifically for work, you know, it's, Yes, you're traveling right now, but it'll slow down in a couple of months and then we'll be back kind of to normal and it'll it'll be rare that you travel as much. But it's been, I've been traveling a lot lately. So it's been adding and adding. So it's something that we need to focus on more mm -hmm. to how it's affecting me specifically, right? And then how it's affecting us. So it's something that I need to, I need to do. And, the, and I know that and um, we're, we're better than we were a couple of weeks ago, Yeah, but it's still not perfect. Yeah. It's yeah. not, we're not having issues. We're not, you know, <laughs> stressing each other, but it's something that something's missing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, and then the future, right. We're kind of looking at the future and is travel format work going to be like it's been, and it looks like it has. So it's something that we need to look at to see how do we better that? How do we deal with that issue? Um, and then, like she mentioned, do I need to see if there's a different place I need to go to make me happy? I love my job. I love what I do, but it has a negative. That's a negative for me. That's a big negative for me right now. So where I want to go is I want to go towards understanding what this is like for you. Because sure, we can say, all right, let's look at another job, you know, and sure, we can say, you know, well, maybe the family comes and visits. We can quickly, you know, add a bandaid to all of this. But the reality is, you are, there's a struggle. There's an evident struggle. 
What do you wish Alex knew that she doesn't know right now? Um, I think I'm pretty open with, uh, with the things that stress me out uh, about the job, uh, about what, like travel, I think is more specific. I'm referring more to, Nate, what is it like to be in that hotel room? <laughs> it's just bored. It's just, it's, it's boring. It's, uh, I think one time we went somewhere together and we were, it, it, and I'm, it sounds so silly. It sounds, but uh, just trying to figure out what to eat. And, um, you know, sometimes at home, you kind of hear that, that cliche, like, what do you want to eat? Oh, whatever you want. Like, let's go to pizza. I'm like, no, I don't want pizza. Yeah. I do that with myself in a hotel room <laughs> every single night, trying to figure out what to eat for dinner. And it's, and sometimes I'll travel for a week and eat the same exact thing, three meals a day for five days while I'm gone. And just so I don't have to deal with something that simple. I, I don't want to think about it. I, I don't want to deal with it. And I don't I don't know why that's become a big deal for me. But just eating, it just is absolutely annoying sometimes. Now that you say that, like I'm thinking of our trip to Napa. And yeah. my my description of how I am with the kids by the time I get home and I'm mad at 10. And yeah. when we went to go eat somewhere with our friends and there wasn't something for him to eat. He is already at a 10. Yeah. And so he's like, I'm not staying here. Boom. He walked off. And our friends are really great in that they don't like react like, oh my God, you know, go, go get him, you know? And, you know, they're just like, okay, well, we're going to sit here and we're going to eat here. So if he wants to go find another place, he can go, you know? Yeah. And that's just the way that they are. And I'm like, well, you know, this is his birthday weekend. I'm going to let him go find a spot and then I'm going to call him and I let him go you know, just kind of walk off and yeah. do this thing. And then I was like, Hey, where are you? And then I made a decision. Okay. Do I want to stay here with my friends or do I want to go with my husband? And yeah. he was at a fun pub, you know, he was already, he had already found a, a nice grilled cheese sandwich and he was having a good time over there. So I'm like, all right, I'll walk over. Yeah. You know, and then afterwards we joined the group back together and had cocktails and. That was weird. Cause I didn't fun. want to make a big scene. Um, about not finding, uh, because I have some diet restrictions and whatever is involved yeah. there. And sometimes, you know, and I'm picky on top of that. And instead of just not eating and kind of, kind of being there, I, I get grumpy sometimes with food and, and, uh, it just seemed easier. Like, Hey, I'm just going to go off somewhere else. I'm going to go grab something to eat. And, and I see where that could be a big deal, right. Where I'm like leaving the group and kind of pissy and, um, but just give me a moment and I'll be fine and we'll all be good together. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why I, it seems terrible. We're, we're talking about my complaints about food and how that could be a stressor in life, but uh, it definitely is one of those um, sort of whiny things that I do that food is, well, is an important thing to me. No, I, I get that, but I think it goes, I, I think it goes farther than that. And here's why it's, the time that you are with your family. And so you automatically know that that time is very much limited. And so for you, you're going in to that time spent, not necessarily with this agenda, but kind of, kind of, you want every single moment with your family to be right. You want every single moment to your family with your family 
where it's this love and it's this connection that you're yearning for that you don't get when you're away. And so, although it might seem like from the outside looking in, you know, oh goodness, he's complaining about food. No, the, the primary complaint is I'm finally here with my family and I'm, or I'm finally here with friends, but I'm finally here and I want to be able to enjoy it. I want to be able to truly enjoy this moment. And if anything goes wrong, well, then that's five minutes, that ten, that's 10 minutes or that's half an hour that is already impacting me. And I don't have that to waste because come Monday or come Sunday, I'm leaving again. Is that about right? Yeah, I definitely, um, it, sometimes it feels like it's a control thing. Like I'm wanting to control the situation to where it's, it's happy for, um, happy for me. Um, and then kind of happy for us. Uh, yes, I, I do feel that. Uh, but I don't want to like take full control, but sometimes, yeah, if I just, if I let it go, then I, I don't get what I want or yep. don't get what I'm looking for. Yep. And uh, definitely adds a level of stress to me. Hell yeah. Stress, frustration. Yeah. And it can be something as simple as just where to eat. And, yep. and, and, and that's, that's the biggest one. And it's like, it kills him. He's like, see, this is why we, we need to make reservations. I can look at the menu and blah, 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 you know? Yeah. And okay, well, the agenda was made. This is how my friend addressed it. He goes, the agenda was made and sent out. You had time to look. Yeah. You know, on the surface. Yes, of course. On the surface. You did have yeah. time to look, right? But if you're traveling and you're doing yep. stuff and I'm not here to be like, hey, did you look at the, you know? Yeah be in his ear you know take a look at where we're going i don't look someone's yeah. planning my whole entire vacation shoot <laughs> you know i'm happy but you know and they did take consideration of his you know being, being a vegetarian so uh you know they pick pasta places and they try to pick around you know yeah. his eating you know which is amazing of them to do and um you know it didn't work it just you know, didn't it work just, out the yeah. reservations weren't you know, they, whoever was taking in the notes didn't put us down and it turned into like something that was completely arranged to something that was completely crazy. Chaotic. So, so I like more of a set plan that's, well, that's yeah. smooth and especially when it's away from home. Yep. I, I, I like a plan. I like it laid out. I have like the expectations. Uh, I, I can't just sort of free form whatever food is going to be. I really, I've spent hours in a hotel room figuring out what I'm going to eat for dinner that night. No, not this place. Oh, it's too late. And yep. oh, that place is closing or that doesn't take my work, you know, doesn't take Amex or something for work. And it's all those little things that, that I have to like think about. And oh my goodness, we're here talking about just, me, what I'm trying to eat for dinner. No, but the, but the, the thing is the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm still, going with it again, it goes back to, you just said it. I'm, I'm in a hotel room. I have to have these things organized. I have to have these things planned. So guess what it's like when you're on vacation, you're being triggered because once again, you're back into that same state. You're in that same state of, I have to figure things out. I have to have things planned. I have to have things ordered. It's not going my way. But now instead of you being in a hotel room by yourself, you're here with your wife and this is happening. You're here with friends and this is happening. So hell to the yes, it's going to be a trigger for you because this is time you don't get. It's it, it's not. And so for you, you got automatically go into that panic mode. And then Alex, you might even see this happening 
and you're with friends and you know, you feel as if they've coordinated, coordinated everything and they've made adjustments and feel as if, well, wait a minute, Nate, you know, they've gone out of their way to please you. Why aren't you seeing this? And that's where the disconnect happens. You're seeing it from one end. He's seeing it from another end, which, which is fine. But where you guys are missing the mark is this is a definite trigger for Nate because again, it puts him back into that cycle and into that mode of crap. I'm feeling it again. I'm feeling those frustrations again. And nobody understands. Mm-hmm. I've, I've also tried to, as you know, how I am, I always try to fix things. Yeah. So I have suggested before in the past that he not take a nap when he get home. Yeah. Go eat, go eat immediately and then take a nap, you know, and it doesn't work for him. He likes to come home. He likes to take a nap. He likes to get up, take a shower, go find something to eat. But I, I, I just think, well, if you didn't take a nap, you know, you could find more options, you know? So this is my thinking. You yeah. Know? And Nate is like, listen, woman, I don't want this <laughs> uh, reality check. You know, like I want to go home and take a nap. Okay, cool. You know? So then, you know, afterwards I just, I'm like, hey, I'm not going to tell him anything. Like, you know, he'll figure it out. Bingo. Well, what would it be like if instead of going to fixing, what if you were able to understand? And I do now. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, yeah. Okay, gotcha. You know, like just talking to you right now, you know, it, the light bulb went on you know, yeah. like a couple minutes ago and he was talking about this. I'm like, I'm at a level 10 yep. when I get home and he still has the patience, right? Yeah. Obviously, he's at a level 10 when we're on the food situation Bingo. and I have the patience, you know. Bingo. So that's why I was like, okay, now I, you know, I, well, I've always understood that the, <laughs> that, that was his issue, you know, but, um, but now it's, you know, it, it helps to talk things through and just kind of get a little bit more clarity on, you know, what seems stupid and silly to me, you know, isn't stupid and silly to me because yeah. I see him how he's like, well, how, you know, like a, exploding you know and I'm like okay you know and I try to just let the explosion happen and you know stay away from it (laughs) I just need to carry a Snickers bar with me all the time (laughs) I mean that would that would help but that would be a temporary fix so let me ask I definitely do bring snacks when we leave the house (laughs) just so we're we're clear just so we're clear well I I plan ahead for for, for, yeah (laughs) well so let me ask you something Nate what would it be like, just kind of like, even right now, us having this conversation, what would it be like if Alex was able to say, hey, I get it. You're frustrated. I get you're overwhelmed. And I can understand now that this is taking you back to, you know, to your time alone in the hotel. I can understand right now that this frustration isn't even at me. What would that be like? I still feel frustrated with myself that I can get to that point and that yep. it's necessary to do all this. I'm so glad you said that. Yep. And and, and when it's happening, I don't care. Um, I we I've even tried like to think ahead, right? When we we're going to go out to you know a family barbecue or whatever, and I'm like, what are we eating? What are we eating? And she's like, I don't know, whatever, whatever, and whenever. And uh, so I try to kind of think about, and those, it's so silly that this is what I, that I get frustrated over. And then that kind of, um, that kind of sits in my head that I know that this is what I, I'm I'm not okay with it. 
I understand that it's part of, you know, me right now and, but still not happy with this is the silly thing that stresses me out. Yeah. And I have to, that I rely on, you know, what I'm going to eat and when to be happy sometimes. Well, yeah. So when Alex goes to fixing, right. With you should take a nap, you should do these things. It sounds like, you know, for you, it's like, okay, I should go to sleep. I know that, but I'm not doing it. But if I do go to sleep, then that's still time away from you. If I do do all of these things, if I do reset, it's still now again, time away from my family. That's, that's the part that I'm hitting harder towards. So with your current struggle and you feeling as if there's this, there's this uncertainty and there's this loss with you not being home, what do you need more of from the family? What do you need more of from Alex, not necessarily to fix you, but to help support you. That's a, that's a tough question. Cause we can't just fix it right by no. me being home more because that's, that's not going to happen. We can't just solve that issue, solve that problem like that. Um, she's, she's done some, I'm kind of on her own. Uh, by like calling me more at night when when I'm away and just kind of doing our regular just banter, ban- yeah, chit chat while we're laying in bed and and sometimes it's you know talking about the day, mm-hmm. you know whatever happened, whether silliness, you know, um, or seriousness, and sometimes it's you know uh, pointing the phone like oh look at this funny meme, you know, or whatever. What are you laughing at over there? What's so funny? I wanna I wanna know it. So sometimes she's just, um, I think, more lately called me and kind of spent more live time because normally we just kind of text throughout the night when I'm when I'm at home and yeah, and we just kind of go off in our. It's almost our like we just worlds. yeah, we just go yeah, yeah I, go I off in our own you know. yeah. Um, I just get used to him not being here, and it's like I have three hours at home to cook, um, showers whatever things the kids need. And then at eight o'clock, it's like, okay, I get to sit down. You know, the kids, the dogs are in their cages and I get to settle down. And yeah, sometimes I do forget to call him, you know, or I don't want to call and wake him up or, you know, things like that are things that that go through my mind. Of course, you know, they're, it's just my mind. It's probably not even happening. You know, you're probably up and doing something. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, he's he's shaking his head. No, you you guys just, you guys just hit the mark, though, being closer, spending more time together, even during that downtime, not fixing, not going into this is this is now mine and personalizing where he's currently at and even taking on his struggle more so understanding it and understanding it in a sense of he can be in this space and I can still continue my day to day. I can still love him and not take it on or even personalize his frustrations. Because if I'm seeing, if, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of women go into, well, my husband's pissed, my husband's overwhelmed and he's frustrated. And so what women tend to do is they overcompensate and they start to do more and more. And then they'll try to keep everything cool and calm, sort of end up walking on eggshells just so they don't poke the bear. But what ends up happening is the husband feels completely withdrawn and isolated and wait a minute, nobody's talking to me. And my wife's now pissed off at me because she's not really saying anything, which causes him to feel more and more alone and withdrawn. 
and sort of rejected, you know, and then there's this disconnect that happens. Alex, with the work you've, you've done, you know, with you and I coaching, you've been able to go ahead and separate yourself from personalizing this and seeing my husband struggling and I can still connect with him. I can still love him. I don't have to take this on. And I love how you said earlier of, I still need to work on myself, even though my husband's here and I can love him because that's going to encourage him to go ahead and work on himself too. Yeah. I think to me, what I always look for is support. Yeah. It may not be like, yeah, put a freaking stamp of approval on, on what I'm doing, but I'm looking for support and something. So to me, that's what I wanted to make sure that he knew, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever steps you want to take, you let me know, you know, if you want to switch to a different job title or whatever, we will figure it out together. You know, if that's what you feel your next step is, that's fine. If you want to stay exactly where you are, you know, I'm okay. You know, just we'll continue doing what we want to do if, you know, what you want to do, you know, and I'll yeah. support you no matter what. And so to me, that's key for myself. And I had posted a little question to you, which I don't know if you responded or not, but the love languages, like, is, you know, what, what we, how we like to be loved, like, is that the way that we express our love to other others yeah. as well? Because for me, it's always, it's act, like, acts act of service. service. You know, you're not here, you know, so yeah. he holds towels even though he goes slow (laughs) (laughs) i'm methodical i I love that i love that you know i love that he does it with me because that to me you know or he's helping with the kids clothes and stuff yeah to me is like you know okay you know he's he's a part of us you know he's helping and so you know that's why i i pose the question you know do i do the acts of service because i love giving gifts you know he loves giving gifts too yeah Um, and we're like, oh, look, look what I got you, you know, and we're yeah. waiting to see everybody's smiling face, you know? <laughs> and so I'm like, is that the way we show that we love people too? Because I feel like that's what I do is I'm like, you know, I'm always trying to do things for people to make them happy. Yeah. I think the biggest, well, I don't think, I know the biggest thing, especially kind of watching you both right now, the biggest thing you can do is work on yourself the biggest and greatest thing you can do is work on yourself because then you won't personalize where your partner's at and you'll be more of a support than a fixer. And right now, you know, from what Nate said is I don't want to be fixed. I want to spend time with my family. And when I spend time with my family, that time is very, very valuable. I don't want it to be us arguing. I want it to be us connecting. And another thing I appreciate about what Nate said is I will share these things with my wife because I can, because she is being supportive. She is being, you know, um, open to those lines of communication. However, if you guys did not have that skill and you guys did not have that type of relationship that you guys have both really, really worked on, then what would end up happening is, and I see this all the time, the man would shut down and completely disconnect, not on purpose, not because he wants to, but because, well, the only thing I'm good for is work. And when I'm home, then I'm just going to go back to the day-to-day tasks and that's it. What's beautiful about the two of you is you guys are able to have those uncomfortable conversations because you're both willing to listen. Yeah, for sure. What would, so go ahead. I think at the beginning of our relationship when we were both still kind of like, 
I, I don't know what to call it. I, him, he's he was probably fine, but I felt like I was like in like trauma yeah. uh, mode, you know, and um, so I didn't know how to communicate something just so simple where he just was like, well, just tell me to pick it up off the floor. <laughs> tell me to take the trash. Like, why are you mad? You know, and I don't like when you just close off and you're not talking to me. You know, I think that that was like one of the light bulbs that went off in my head that I can't just clam up and not talk to him when I'm mad, you know, yeah. I need to tell him. So the expectation uh, that I had for him wasn't communicated to him. Like, hey, it's yeah. important that you do this, you know. And so now I think we're, you know, many years into our relationship that it's just, you know, it's an, it's an easy relationship. Mm-hmm. So when we get to these um, little bumps which we will all experience we will all experience including myself yeah it's hard to navigate when we don't know but I think talking you know about these things um, has helped mm-hmm. a lot so both of you we're gonna go ahead and wrap up here because I know you you have your family time and you're with your family Nate and I don't want to take away from that uh, <laughs> um, what piece of advice would you give to the couple that is listening right now um, it's, it's support even through, uh, I'll say trauma, Yeah. the support even through trauma and still asking questions like what is wrong? What is going on? Um, what can I do even additionally? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you need for me now? Cause it's different. These, this, the, for instance, you know, for us, it's, it's different right now. So, so asking that question. Uh, kind of getting it out there is, is however that works, right? However, vocalizing and getting to communicate that problem mm-hmm. and what the issue is, and then that will lead or has led, at least for us, to more conversations about it and starts to lead towards uh, a solution, yeah, resolve. Um, and at least if nothing else, it's not going to make everything better for me, but it makes it better for us to be able to communicate and at least know where, where we are at. Yep. I agree. And then for you, Alex, how has reclaiming your own identity reignited your marriage? Um, I feel like no matter what choices in life that I choose to do, he's going to always be there for me. So it's given mm-hmm. me the confidence, his support on his side for everything that I do has been tremendous in in just I don't, I, I don't want to say allowing me but yeah allowing me to be able to choose whatever path I want to I want to go next you know mm-hmm. so I know that no matter what I decide to do I know that he's going to be like yeah let's go let's do this you know yeah. and, you know you go you do that I can support you from here yeah you know? so it's it it really is amazing to have some a supportive partner mm-hmm that to me and it gives you confidence to take your next step in whatever direction you want to go you know you're not like oh I don't think I can do this no yeah you got you got your cheerleader here you know yep gonna support you and and no matter what he's gonna have that support absolutely both of you thank you so much for coming on I'm so glad we just kind of went with it I'm so so glad thank you thank you for trusting me too especially us recording I don't know if you guys remember we were recording. (laughs) We said too much. (laughs) Well, thank you guys so much. You're welcome. Have a good day. Thank you. 
Many women lose their own identity in the shadow of being a mom and a wife. We are a community of women who support each other. We leave perfectionism behind to become empowered and unapologetic. I want to personally invite you to join our girl gang. It's a free Facebook community for women just like you. Go to www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash empowered and unapologetic. See you there. What's up, ladies? Just want to let you guys know that your ratings and reviews for this podcast are greatly appreciated. If you love this podcast, please go to iTunes right now, write a review, rate the episode, and subscribe. Don't forget to share it with your friends. I know. I know we've been taught that motherhood requires alcohol. I know we've been taught not to question our relationship with alcohol until we've lost everything. And I know we've been taught that if we do dare to examine our relationship with alcohol, we need to head straight to AA and declare ourselves an alcoholic who is powerless to alcohol forever. But what if all that isn't true? That's definitely not my story. I'm Suzanne, the host of the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm an influencer who stopped drinking in January 2020, and since then, I've been telling the truth about motherhood, influencing, alcohol, and sobriety. If you suspect, deep down, that glass, or three, of wine at night might just be making motherhood harder, well, you're right. Come and join me as I chat with other sober and sober curious moms. Let's laugh, cry, and normalize sobriety together, all while we reheat our coffee for the fourth time today. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and to our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there. Hey there, this is Casey McGuire Davidson, host of the Hello Someday podcast. I'm an ex-red wine girl turned life coach who helps busy women change their relationship with alcohol. I spent 20 years climbing the corporate ladder while drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. In the Hello Someday podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. You can find new episodes of the Hello Someday podcast every Thursday, wherever you listen, and I hope you check it out. Hey there, this is Casey McGuire-Davidson, host of the Hello Someday podcast.
I'm an ex-red wine girl turned life coach who helps busy women change their relationship with alcohol. I spent 20 years climbing the corporate ladder while drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. In the Hello Someday podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. You can find new episodes of the Hello Someday podcast every Thursday, wherever you listen, and I hope you check it out. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how how-tos for navigating all the things sober, from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories, and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.